Every company has breakdowns in their revenue process. Sure thing deals slip into next quarter, competitors creep in and swipe deals away at the last minute, and deals getting single threaded that don't get to power. These are just a few examples of revenue leak, but there are a ton more, and they're preventing your team from reaching their sales targets. That's why I'm such a big fan of Clary's revenue platform. It's the only tool that actually helps leaders take control of their revenue and thrive through any market conditions, especially when things get tough. You can't afford to miss a single detail, but you also can't be leading by gut. Clary combines the science and the art of sales and sales leadership. So go to Clary.com if you want to answer the most important question in your business. Are you going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? Welcome to the Live Better, Sell Better podcast with your host, Kevin Dorsey of Inside Sales Excellence, the number one Patreon group and YouTube channel for tech sellers and tech sales leaders, where we dive in deep for tactical advice on how to book more meetings, close more deals faster, and lead sales teams to success. But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Live Better, Sell Better podcast. This is your host, Kevin Dorsey, aka KD. And I have a fun topic today because this is not a topic that we have touched on yet in this podcast, but it has been requested many, many times. We're diving into the mysterious world, the unpredictable world, and the incredibly exciting world of crypto today. Crypto currency. Now, if you read, depending on the channels you read, either crypto is the future or crypto is a scam. Either crypto could produce generational wealth or crypto is a Ponzi that will lose all of your money. And so I am so excited to have Josh Rhodes on the show to me, with me today. He's the founder of Crypto Y'all, helping people create passive income and smarter investments through crypto. So we're going to be diving in today, asking the questions that either we've always wanted answered or the questions that we haven't even thought to ask yet. Josh is going to dive in and I'm pumped. Josh, my man, welcome to the show. Man, honored to be here. What an incredible intro. That's awesome. You know, I'm told this is only the reason why guests show up anymore. It's like, KD, I just want to hear the intro. It makes me feel pretty good. And then deuces, I'm out. I'm like, you're, I, pro, I man. you're a pro intro. That's great. Well I, well, I am excited for this topic. And I know a lot of people, you know, are as well in the community. So we'll start with obviously just very high level, right? Like crypto could mean so many things to so many different people, right? And so in your description, right, you see, I help crypto curious people create passive income with crypto. When you say crypto, what do you mean? Well, I think uh, I'm a word picture guy. So crypto is a big, you know, it's a big time. It's like, hey, let's go to the zoo and see some animals. And you walk in the zoo and you're like, wait a second, there's a lot of species here. So Mm -hmm. it's really important to understand that not all cryptos are created equal. They don't all do the same thing. There's various utilities and some are absolutely not worth your dollars. Don't trade them. Right. But um, 
the overall idea is that it's an emerging technology called blockchain that is going to um, advance and make more efficient our society. That's, I think that's probably the most basic thing. And I always like to gravitate towards Bitcoin because it's the largest market cap. It's obviously the poster boy, um, but it's actually not crypto. It's Bitcoin. It's, it's set apart and it's different. But if you can understand Bitcoin, you can understand the rest of the crypto world. And so the first thing I always like to tell people, you know, if you're if you're entertaining Bitcoin as an investment or as a utility, it's very important to to look at it uh, as a peer to peer network before you actually look at it as another kind of money. Um, It's important to understand that it's the largest decentralized network of computers on the planet. You know, larger than any Google server farms, larger than any government building or network of, you know, spyware. Uh, It's the largest computer network on the planet and it's decentralized. So it's not controlled by institutions, greedy Wall Street bankers, uh, governments, corrupt dictators. There's no one who can manipulate it. And the ultimate idea, the philosophical side of it all, is so that Kevin and Josh can be our own bank Mm -hmm. and that we can be, um, it's the most, um, it's the greatest exercise in self-autonomy and self-reliance that we've ever had as as a human race. Uh, And so that's kind of the first like preliminary things we need to understand. Now that sounds big and ethereal to most people. Most people are just like, Hey, should I invest a hundred bucks in Bitcoin? Like, you know, but I think it's really foundational for us to understand that these are, um, it's kind of like when the internet was coming about, like, mm-hmm. you know, I was growing up, I had dial up barely out in the country of Northwest Alabama. I didn't know what I was dealing with at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously now you and I are talking on a video screen in remote locations, in the future, or even now, like if you had a billion dollars and you lived in Shanghai and I lived in Hawaii and you wanted to send me that billion dollars in a matter of moments, you could because of crypto. And you could do that without the permission of governments or without asking banks to get, you know, help us out and give us, you know, and, and give us credit and take seven days for it to settle. And that's kind of the most basic utility of what Bitcoin would be. And then all the other cryptos have different utilities in the world, security, storage, um, the li- programmable money, the list goes on. And so I want to touch on something that gets brought up there often, right? It's this idea of like, you know, decentralized and unregulated. Like, well, what about the criminals, Josh? Isn't this just how criminals are sending money so the governments don't know where it is? Talk to me about that. Oh, well, I think that's always a... Um, an interesting talk track that's fed to us by the traditional financial system. Mm-hmm. The beautiful part about crypto is that it's built on what open ledger technology. It's the most transparent uh, scaffold financial scaffolding that we've ever had. You can actually see the money moving literally in real time. And there's mm-hmm. clear records of it. Whereas if you told Wall Street that they had to do that and show that to us every day and show us what's going on, think about the insider training, think about the manipulation, the things that happen that just because of, 
you know, some rich hedge fund or some central banker made some kind of emotional decision or self-aggrandizing, had a self-aggrandizing moment that they might tank an entire company or manipulate some publicly traded business. In crypto, it's all out in the open. So you can see what the whales are doing. You can see what the minnows are doing. It's all there. So it's, it's just kind of like a double standard that a lot of people throw out there. 100 percent and that's why we're having this conversation because though like if you don't know if you're just getting in that's what you hear yeah right like and just going through it and so let's go another layer and actually this sets up the next question right it's like you know you start looking into crypto you're going to hear things like altcoins you're going to hear things like layer one layer two like what are some of the common terms that someone getting into crypto should be aware of and kind of what do they mean right if i see a layer one or i see a layer two or i see altcoin Right. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, so there's Bitcoin and then there's everything else and everything else virtually falls under the umbrella of altcoin. Altcoin meaning alternative coin, um, alternative protocol, crypto investment vehicle, whatever you want to call it. And uh, they are really honestly, if we're all being really honest with each other, a bunch of software companies. And those software companies are simply leveraging the new emerging technology of blockchain. Um, Bitcoin is truly the only decentralized of them. There are a lot of them who are um, striving to be like Bitcoin and, and, and emulate what Bitcoin has achieved over the last 13 years. Uh, unhackable, uncorruptible, completely durable, uh, sound money. But not all of them are trying to emulate Bitcoin. They're not trying to be Bitcoin. They're trying to do other things that are completely different from a utility standpoint. And so the, in the same way that, um, you know, uh, the cash app and Windows uh, operating system are trying to do the same thing, they're still softwares. They still mm -hmm. have uh, utility, but they're different. You, that's the way you have to look at altcoins. And so whenever you're assessing or qualifying or considering investing in these coins, and I'll use the contrast of Dogecoin or Shiba Inu or a lot of the meme coins that become very popular because of lightning rod influencers like um, uh, Elon Musk or somebody might uh, get behind them. A lot of times those community coins, they mm -hmm. quite literally become valuable or have a market cap because of Metcalfe's law of adoption, which literally just means a bunch of us bought it <laughs> or a bunch of us got into it because we followed hype. Now it has this critical mass um, and it has a market cap, but it doesn't have a utility. Like Dogecoin, Shiba Inu, they're working hard. If you follow the headlines, if you read behind, they actually are working hard to try to like hurry up and backfill utility. Whereas the Ethereums of the world, the Elrons of the world, the Avalanches of the world, uh, Polygon, Solana. These are some of those layer one, layer twos that you're mentioning. I consider them the railroad tracks. It's, I just think about like um, when the United States was um, growing westward and, you know, you, they started, they had the internal river waterways and they had the railroad system that they were building. And those became the central platforms of commerce and interstate exchange. These layer ones, they're basically like the ruby on rails for um, currencies and various crypto projects. So like the majority, like I think it's, I, I, don't quote me on this. I think it's somewhere north of 70% of all altcoins are built on top of Ethereum. 
Mm-hmm. So that they, these layer ones and layer twos provide the foundational future uh, and functional foundation of altcoins, which is the reason why I tend to invest in a lot of layer ones and layer twos is a part of my appreciation strategy long term. Nice. And that actually segues into the next thing I want to touch on here is the difference between investing and trading. Because I think people get those twisted a lot, yeah. right? Of like, am I an investor? Am I a trader? And so I'd love to know one, like how you consider yourself and maybe you do both, but also explain to people the difference between investing in crypto and trading crypto. Yeah, and and I'll and I'll up the ante a little bit and I'll add one more, which is the crypto slot machine gambler. Um yes which I think 98% of people fall into. Most of the people I, I interact with are crypto curious, beginners. Yeah, I bought I bought Bitcoin and Ethereum four years ago. I haven't touched it again. And I don't know why I bought it and I don't know what to do next. Um, or I bought Dogecoin because I saw Elon tweet about it, but I don't know why I did it. I just kind of was hoping to <laughs> strike it rich. Um, right. But, you know, traders are a frequency thing. There's a lot of technical analysis that goes into it. People are trying to scalp the next 5% pump and trying to sell before the next 6% dump. And it's very hands-on. It's very consuming. It's very, honestly, anxiety-driven. It is not for me. I am very much an investor. I tell people I don't do day trading. I do more like quarterly trading uh, or quarterly investing. And I actually have a framework that I call the crypto flywheel. And it has three elements. One of them is cash flow, creating the house money or the passive income, daily residuals, the second one, the second part of the flywheel is called appreciation. That's where I'm taking my cash flow and I'm I'm increasing or strengthening my position in layer ones and layer twos and blue chips like Bitcoin. And then layer three or part three of the flywheel is leverage. That's where I use my bedrock portfolio assets as collateral to buy more cash flow. So like Last year, I used Bitcoin as collateral to buy rental properties. So I, I bought two rental properties using loans that I took out against my Bitcoin. And then I used the, the cash flow from my rental. They were turnkey. So I already had tenants and cash flow. So I took the cash flow, paid off the loan against my Bitcoin. And now I own three assets, not just one Bitcoin mm-hmm. asset. And so using that to increase net worth, you're an investor rather than a trader. And you have w- multiple dimensions that you can leverage crypto rather than just trying to trade one crypto for another or for USD. No, I love I love that and definitely might have to do a part two so we can get into that a little bit further. Cause I think where I think a lot of people, right, they hear this and they are. They're in that, well, I bought some Bitcoin, like I put a couple grand in, or I bought some Doge, yes. or I bought some Shiba, and you're like, where do you recommend people get started with investing in crypto? Right. So I'm hearing this and because also too, the the main audience for this are salespeople, sales leaders. Like yeah. they're making good money. Yeah. But no one's ever taught us what to do with it. Yeah. You know, like we just make it and we're like, all right, then totally. um, what do I do? So where should someone start with investing in crypto? So you have to um there's a little bit of a a cadence you have to pretty much follow. You have to obviously start with fiat currency. So U.S. dollar or the the British pound or whatever country you're in, Australian dollar, Canadian dollar. And you've got to start there. And then you've got to be like, okay, where do I exchange this $1,000 or this $20 for Bitcoin equivalent? So you got to have a central exchange. Central exchanges are typically publicly traded uh, companies, sometimes, not always, but uh, big, big, big names like Coinbase, Gemini, FTX, Bitfinex, uh, Binance, 
Uh, the list goes on. There's literally 200 probably globally. I, I can't remember how many there are now. Um, and I have three or four different central exchange accounts that I use for different purposes. But if you're just like, hey, I want to go buy some Bitcoin and Ethereum, go to your go set up your central exchange account, connect your bank account. So you'll literally connect your retail bank account, Wells Fargo, whatever you use. And you'll deposit money either through ACH or wiring. Uh, wiring is better, by the way, just a little pro tip. If you wire the money, the central exchange will not put like a seven to 10 day hold on it. If you do an ACH, they will. And it's all because of like fraud. They're trying to do like anti-fraud measures because you won't be able to move your your, your coins out of your central exchange during that lock period. Um the last thing I would say, just in good measure here, is once you've purchased your $500 in Bitcoin or whatever, make sure you understand that these are custodial accounts, which means we have this saying in crypto, not your keys, not your crypto. So they are basically stewarding your property for you. And something could happen to that central exchange and your property would be seized by the government. It would be stolen by a hacker. It could be whatever. There's all kinds of you know, third-party possibilities. So what I do and what I encourage people to do is if you ever have more than $10,000 in crypto, really, that, um, that you're not actively managing, you know, like if you're just like, hey, I'm in it for bit, I'm in Bitcoin for the long haul. I, I'm going to 2030. I think it's going to a million dollars of Bitcoin. It's going to $10 trillion market cap. I'm going to hold my Bitcoin forever. Move it to a cold wallet. I've got, I'm holding it up here for people watching on the video, but um, I, I use a ledger. There's another brand called Trezor. The, the whole purpose of an offline cold wallet storage, these little USB hardware devices, is for you to be your own bank so that no one can come in digitally and remove, seize, or manipulate your holdings. And ultimately, you've got to view your Bitcoin, your crypto as property, the same way you would uh, not want someone to try to steal the deed or ownership or survey title to your, your home. Uh, you need to completely and securely own your crypto keys, these private keys. And those are kind of the social security fingerprints of your crypto property ownership. So definitely use offline storage devices. They're a hundred bucks. It's, it's not hard and they're easy to use. Nice. But what happens if you lose it, Josh? You're in trouble. <laughs> so I have in various places in my house and the, and these devices, these, these, these cold wallet devices come with, uh, little cards like they know. So you write down your 12 to 24 word uh, secret phrase, put them in your safe, put one in your drawer, put one under your mattress, whatever you got to do to keep redundancy, kind of outthink yourself and outthink your, your human flaws. Uh, some people could argue that these, these central exchanges spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on security. And I think that's a valid argument. Um, but like I said, I think crypto is the ultimate expression of self-reliance and autonomy. Now, that could be a two-edged sword, because if you do something stupid and give somebody your private keys, you've given them your crypto.
Yeah. Yeah. I, did that dude in what, is it outside of London? Did he find his billion dollar hard drive yet? Did There's he, some guy that like threw away a hard drive accidentally like four years ago. He's just and got, the, he's like out in the uh, the dump the dump like the yeah the and he's searching every day section by section of this dump to find this hard drive because the hard drive's worth like forty billion dollars <laughs> or something right now like right. it's crazy so. Okay. So this is, this is, I'm loving this so far. So then let's go to the next part of like, but then how do I make money? Mm. Right. So, okay. I'm in, I'm investing. Is that it? Like I just put 500 bucks in and I hope it goes up. Like you kind of mentioned like, you know, how you make money off this, you can reinvest, how you can leverage it. So like, actually I'm going to take a, st- a step back. Um, a phrase that caught me off guard early on, and I will, you'll see where I'm leading to this was dollar cost averaging. Yeah. Right. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I do think, you know, this, this timing of the market, right? Like yeah. for most re- call it retail investors, we buy it when it's too high. Yeah. And we sell it on the way down. Right. Versus, you know, buying either at the bottom, selling at the top. But talk about dollar cost averages and like kind of the market timing. And then we'll go into like how to actually make money. Yeah. Th- there's almost this sociopathic emotional brain function that goes in for retail investors of the market. Like you said, like most people buy at all time highs and they sell because they panic and they think the sky is falling. And it's mm-hmm. just a it's just a development in, in individual uh, I guess investment maturity that we all have to acquire. But yeah, Probably the most powerful tool as a retail investor who's just trying to keep it simple. You know, they're trying they're trying to pursue a career. You know, they don't want to be a trader. They just want to put their money into a good store of value. Dollar cost averaging is really smart because it allows you to purchase rhythmically. Some people might call it a drip account mm-hmm. or something like that, but just setting up a rhythmic daily, weekly, or monthly uh, investment. You're basically instead of uh, there's a freight, there's a saying time in the market is greater than timing the market. And so be, just being in the market with a rhythm allows you to basically buy areas of price. So if you're looking at charts, instead of trying to be like, I'm going to time the bottom and time the top. Nobody does that. Literally, the professional traders can't do that. No one knows and so what you do is you just simply go, oh, well, Bitcoin's at $29,000 right now. Great. I'm buying $100 a week or I'm buying $1,000 a week and I have it set up through my central exchange or through my app of choice. I really like the Strike app, um, by the way, but that's that's just a Bitcoin like Venmo type wallet. It's really cool. Um, and just buying at, at a, at a like I'm always going to buy $50 a day or I'm all whatever that is. And when you do that, you're buying areas. And so what you end up doing is um, I might, I might butcher the definitions. You're, you're basically averaging your dollar cost averaging. You're getting that median price of the asset over time so that swings and volatilities don't necessarily hurt your purse over the long term. Um, and it allows you to just be consistent, but you still are acquiring and accruing the asset um, that you believe in. And I think the biggest thing to dollar cost averaging is to DCA into something that you have almost a religious conviction about. Mm-hmm. Um, that's obviously hyperbole, but I'm purposeful there because if you don't know what you're investing in, then you are crypto slot machine gambling. You're just waiting on, you know, lucky sevens to line up. So, you know, read up on it, watch a few YouTube videos, listen to a couple of podcasts like this, 
then start investing in something that you believe in. You know, Warren Buffett doesn't buy companies because he heard Josh and Kevin on a podcast. He actually reads, you know, he actually looks into it. So there's no reason why we can't exercise the same discipline. But the YouTube influencer told me it was going to the moon, Josh. They told <laughs> yeah. me it was so, going to the moon. And that's the reason why I started Crypto Y'all, because when I got into, in, into crypto in 2017, I had been a real estate investor and business owner, and I had read the Robert Kiyosaki stuff, and it changed my life. And he gave me language as a, you know, a country boy from Alabama that doesn't have an MBA from Harvard. And I understood assets and liabilities. So when I got into crypto, I was like, oh, wait, the, these are... This is an asset. This is an emerging asset class. This is property. But I started looking on the internet, Twitter, YouTube. There's a lot of smarmy, scammy stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, man, we don't have necessarily an edge on everything here in the South. But one thing we're known for is hospitality and core values. And man, what would be what would be awesome is if uh, like when I was growing up, people needed help. People would come to my door. My mom and dad would be like, hey, y'all come on in and stay a while. That meant come in. Let's talk about this as friends. Let's work this out. Let's help however we can. We didn't grow up rich or anything, but we mm-hmm. helped. Uh, my dad was very generous, and I just, I just was like, man, what would it be like if we could merge that the essence of what I was just talking about with the greatest financial technology on the planet, which is crypto? It's a huge innovation. Instead of there being charlatans and Cobras and Vipers out there that, you know, are taking advantage of new retail investors. So that's where crypto y'all comes from. Not that you asked, mm-hmm. but that's just kind of the heartbeat behind it. No, I, I love it because I know when I got in, I got in about three years ago now, right? So that'd be 2019, right? Right before, of course, you know, COVID and everything else. Like, same idea, right? It's like I didn't know where to start. The information out there can be overwhelming, mm-hmm. right? Of like, okay, like, where do I start? What does this mean, right? What, wait, with DeFi, yeah. right? Wait, staking? How do I stake? Do I want to stake? How do I do leverage? Is leverage a good, like you have all these things that are overwhelming. I think that's why I was pumped to reach out to you because like, I do agree that this is a future in a lot of ways. And like the timing of this, right, might be our only like internet phase. Yeah. Of, like if you got in early enough, this can be generational wealth. This can set you up down the road. So now let's move that next step, right? Of like, okay, so how do I actually make money in this? All right. So I've set up my account. You know, I'm dropping in 200 bucks a week, right, to to Bitcoin and Ethereum, right, or Bitcoin and a couple of the other ones I believe in. Is that it? And we just we sit and wait. Are there other tactics or techniques you have to accelerate that growth to actually make money back? Yeah, the, one of the biggest things that I, I get my cohort members to, to do is uh, the very first thing is you have to state your ferociously specific desired outcome. What is it that you're mm-hmm. wanting to achieve with crypto? Once you understand conceptually what's possible, if you know you can create cash flow, if you know you can have accretive assets over time, you know you can have leverage, then what's your goal? What do you want to do? And so... Um, We'll just take DeFi for example. DeFi is one of the, is the is it's kind of like the 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 back corner of the zoo that a lot of people don't know much about. It's where the the exotic species lie. Uh, there's fun parts of the, the decentralized finance is quite literally supposed to end up being the functional replacement of traditional finance and banking. And you know everybody's frustrated. When you look at your checking account at your major retail bank and you're earning 0.02% interest, you know, I had I actually had one of my cohort members go, hey, I've got $30,000 sitting in my checking account and I made 10 cents on it last month. 
and I had $17 in a DeFi project and I made $20 off of it this month. That's messed up. And um, the reason why it's possible is because what DeFi is doing is they're saying, hey, Kevin, hey, Josh, bring your money to the center of the pool with us. We're going to create this treasury. And then we're going to go out as a treasury and we're going to, quote unquote, farm yields uh, and profits from other parts of the algorithmic crypto society uh, because smart contracts are better, faster and uh, stronger than human uh, fund managers. And they go out and play math. They play, they flip the numbers, they they do all the stuff, they do the investing, and then they bring the yields back to the center of the pot or the, the, the table. And they say, oh, Kevin and Josh, this is how many of how much of the liquidity of the tokens that you own proportionally. Here's your profit. Here's your yield. And a lot of times that happens. It's facilitated completely by algorithms and or smart or smart contracts. So it's really efficient. So you and I could be, I don't know, every 30 minutes of the day, be earning a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more to where maybe we're earning, I don't know, half a percent to two percent a day on our capital which is nuts. Uh, it's a big part of the decentralized environment uh, that makes it possible for you. So you can create cash flow off of that. And then you've got a decision to make, right? Like if I'm making $50 a day off of uh, you know, a $5,000 capital investment, what do I do with that $50? Do I just let it keep compounding? Is there sustainability there? Can they keep paying me that much? Um, can, uh, do I move it to an, a blue chip? Those are the things that you have to have a framework for and like an investment strategy for um, that doesn't have to be complex, but you just need to know, all right, think ahead. What's going to, if this happens, then what am I going to do with these, these funds? I love that. Cause that is, it's just an opportunity, right? Cause we also, I got, I got rugged in one for sure. I was like, oh my God, like put 10 grand in and I can make a thousand bucks every week. Like, yeah, I'll do that. And oh, it's going to, you got the little calculator, right? It's like, I'm going to have 50 Lambos in a year, right? And it gets you all caught up in those things. And so I love that call out of just the the investment strategy and frameworks. I think that yeah. the key and underline in this, especially I see, I mean, obviously it plays out in the stocks too, but just the emotional side of these decisions, yes, right? Yes. Like the, the FUD that shows up, like making emotional investments. It's like, oh, you get excited, so you invest. Then you get scared and you sell. Right. And the, and the emotions are there. So like, what would be your advice to manage those emotions mm. through this? Right. Because to be honest, right now, crypto is not in a great space right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's it's taken a pretty big hit over the past, you know, six to nine months. So the emotion can come in. So like, how do you advise people getting started to kind of regulate that emotion, to not get too caught up in the ups and downs and keep that future focused mindset? I think it all starts with your basis, your cost basis. And the way you make sure that your cost basis is floor level, meaning you get it in a great price, is when you start. So yeah, right now in the headlines and in the mainstream media, crypto might be taking a beating because of its performance, but so is the S&P 500, so is real estate, everything else. So the entire world economy is at a place right now the first piece of advice is by blood, by fear, by depression. That's just how you win. Whether you're going into the stock market, whether you're buying um, repos after the 2008 crisis, I, I was putting a for sale sign in the yard when Bear Stearns 
went under in a, one of my real estate investments on mm -hmm. in 2008. Like I went through the subprime, but like, so I had purchased at the wrong time. So don't purchase at the apex all time highs of the market. Keep your cash, keep your gunpowder dry. Mm -hmm. Right. And make sure you're ready to buy the fear in the, in the blood in the streets. And so right now we are actually in an unbelievable time um, and we'll be in a phase here in the market, not to do technical analysis on your show, but mm -hmm. like to, to, to understand that we are in this bear market. And these are the times when savvy investors enter their capital. And the emotional part or the emotional management part is don't invest money that you need liquid to, that you need to pay for a down payment on a house if you're newlywed or you need for power bills or whatever else. Don't be putting that money into only invest money you don't need to be able to access because you need to let the market waves come in and out. They are it's a patternistic approach. What goes down will most likely come up. And that's just kind of how you have to think about it. Love it. All right. So as we wrap up here, my man, what are your favorite investments? And give me the two categories. Stable, you know, like, yep, this is I believe in this. And then what are some of those like, you know, this, I, this has a shot. This might be one of those ones that like does a big move or two over the next couple of years. So like, give me kind of like your favorites in both categories. I'll, I'll break it. Actually, let me, please, let me uh, yeah. You know, what? give me that one. But I was like, I, but uh, the second would be like someone just starting. I have a thousand dollars. Yeah. How would you split that up? So I would love to know kind of your favorites, like what you believe in. And then if I have a thousand bucks right now, yeah. how would you divvy that up on a regular investment schedule? Thousand um, dollars. If you're just trying to get in ankle deep and feel the waters and you don't need the thousand dollars for the next six to 12 months, I would say I would actually, for the fun of it, I used to say 50, 50 Bitcoin, Ethereum. Just so that mm -hmm. you're, they're the two largest market caps. But right now, I'd probably say 60-40, 60% Ethereum, 40% Bitcoin, just because there's some really fun, interesting Ethereum updates that are coming down the pipe, might triple, quadruple the price somehow, mm -hmm. um, especially in the next bull market. That being said, uh, favorite um, large cap, uh, love Bitcoin, love Ethereum. I'm always buying more of that, especially during bear markets like right now. I, I have... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I keep cash and stable coins available to purchase and dollar cost average com just constantly there. Um, mid cap or let's just let's just say DeFi. We'll, we'll have some we'll have some fun with some DeFi projects right now. Um, and depending on when people listen to this, things might change, you know. Uh, one great American-based project that I really love the community and the development around uh, is a Utah-based company called or, or coin called Giddy. Um, Giddy is uh, trying to popularize. These are my words, not theirs. They're basically helping to popularize and make more accessible the world of DeFi through their mobile app. And um, they're, they're, they have this un incredible promotional reward uh, time frame right now. They've got a lot of great uh, total value locked TVL is a metric that you want to be watching uh, with these DeFi protocols. They have great TVL and they have a lot of great financial backing and a really, really sharp leadership team. Uh, speculative, like risky, but I really love their roadmap is a DeFi protocol called Sphere Finance. Uh, they are the um, 
the, they, they are the uh, paragon of what a company or what a crypto uh, protocol does during a bear market. They are building. They are building lots of utilities, uh, lots of decentralized exchange type uh, facilities that allow their investors to earn income off of the fees, transaction fees, and various um, revenue streams that they're creating. It's really, really impressive. The ticker symbol is uh, Sphere. Uh, the ticker symbol for Giddy is Giddy, uh, G-I-D-D-Y. Um, and then uh, what's one more? Oh, layer ones. You know, I love, I've always, I've been investing in AVAX, um, Avalanche for years. Love that. I think there's a ton of upside there right now. And then lastly is Link, Chainlink. Um, Chainlink is an Oracle service. For those of you who don't know what that is, it means uh, blockchains and smart contracts can only work with the data that ha they have available to them. So how is all this internet outside world data going to get into the hands of a smart contract to become smarter? Well, you have to have an Oracle service, basically a pipeline that imports all of the outside data from the internet and the world onto blockchains. And Chainlink is the basically monopolistic player right there in that space. And they're down uh, right now along with the rest of the market. Awesome time to gobble up that. Love it. I love it, my man. This is so good. So, so valuable. So you got two questions left for you here, right? So first one is, you know, name of this podcast is Live Better, Sell Better. Now, we didn't talk much about selling today, which is fine. But the core premise of this podcast is I also have this weird idea that if we lived a little bit better, if we had more energy, if we took better care of ourselves, if we had more joy, happiness, and fulfillment, that the results we're looking for improve, what would your live better advice be? For people listening. So we talked obviously a lot about crypto and investing today, but like in terms of like getting more out of life, what would your advice be to people listening? Oh, man, I wish I had this big, crazy, sexy, romantic, um, hyperbolic thing to say yeah. here. But I think a couple of things, I think a couple of core tenets would be um, identify your purpose. If you do, if you're out there working and selling and you're just like, hey, I'm, I'm Scrooge McDuck wanting this, you know, swim in my vault of gold coins, you're probably going to find yourself lonely and, and, and depressed pretty soon. Uh, I think what you want to do is to have a why or to have a purpose for why are you wanting to get rich? What are you going to do with that? You know, for me, it's to be more generous and be, be benevolent and to help redeem the world around me and my family, because I think that's our proxy. That's our, that's our proximity of um, reinvesting into the world. And I found that that is where you get the most fulfillment if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right, the very base of it is to keep us alive and to keep us safe. But at the very top, it's self-realization. It's self-fulfillment. And you can't do that unless you have some kind of purpose that you're investing in every day. So I think that's how I would explain that. I love it, man. I love it. And it doesn't always, funny enough, more often than not, they don't have to be big, sexy, like, wow, I've never thought about that. It's some of the foundational and fundamental things that make us human that we tend to get away from over time, which is unfortunate. So, all right. And my last question, man, where can people learn more about this? Like, where do you have content? Where can they sign up to learn? Consider me a new, a new student of yours, whatever you're about to say, I'm signing up for. But like, where can people get more of what you're putting out? Where can they learn how to do some of the strategies that you're talking about? Yeah, I offer uh, at CryptoYall.co, uh, depending on the time and the day, uh, you'll find different uh, things like newsletters or uh, trainings that you can jump into, uh, whether that be preliminary, early 
foundational training or newsletters that might be about altcoins or upcoming investments that I'm making. Uh, I manage a hedge fund as well. And so my community has asset, uh, uh, access to everything that I'm doing with my portfolio. Uh, and so that's just a fun place to get started uh, with us at CryptoYall.co. Hell yes. Well, we will add that link in the show notes for sure, y'all. But Joshua, man, thank you so much for the time, the energy, the insights today. This was phenomenal. Probably going to have to have you come back for a part two on this as, you know, people start to ask more questions. But really appreciate your time today, man. That was great. Honored to be here. Thanks.